Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. Thank you guys for joining us again. So I have a corker for you today. So I met this wonderful man. Well, actually, I've probably seen him on my screen uh, in Coyote Ugly and also one of the biggest dance shows, Saturday Night Fever. We actually met in Wicked and we have a little few stories to chat over. Um, But this is a great episode and I can't wait for you guys to listen. It is the wonderful tap dancing Adam Garcia. Adam, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to chat to you. It's such a strange time, but it's actually really nice to see other people's faces at this crazy time. How are you doing? I'm I'm all right. This is, you know, this is my... This is my room. Um, <laughs> there's some ch- children's toys on the bed. Yes, yes. There's some children's toys over here. Yes. There's some children's toy in my pants, <laughs> inevitably in my pants drawer, in my socks drawer. Lots of toys, lots of entertaining going on. Um, yeah, so that's sort of how it's going. Yeah. Like just looking after kids. Yeah. I have no idea where they are right now. <laughs> well, I can't hear them, so so that's good. <laughs> no, yeah. They're, they're, being, they're being minded. So have you, it, I mean, how's lockdown affected you? I mean, have you been completely locked down? Are you, I've seen your little Instagram tap videos, which are beautiful and keeping Aww. people busy. Um, but how's it, how's it doing for you? I mean, are you just not doing anything? Or Yeah, you- I haven't really been doing much. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough so that I can do some teaching. And yeah. I've been doing, obviously, the a few classes on Instagram um, and then doing sort of private Zoom classes for some schools um you know I did I did one for Michael Xavier you know so that was really fun and that's sort of it I was meant to sort of like I've tried to keep fit I came back from LA on the 12th of March yeah having been out there for like about six weeks and I was witnessing Los Angeles or California which is where the first sort of instances of COVID hit the U.S. Mm. And listening to all the debates on a radio station called NPR, which is mm-hmm. what I do when I'm in Los Angeles. I just basically drive in a car and listen to the radio. And so I came back on the 12th and put myself instantly into uh, like a two-week isolation just because I had no idea there was no testing. Yeah. I sort of, you know, jet lag. I felt a bit weird. Didn't get tested. I don't think I, I mean, I don't think I had COVID or anything like it, but who knows. And was meant to actually go and do a big sort of dance convention and yeah. said, no, I could, I, I could think of nothing worse than sitting in a room of, you know, up to three and a half thousand people all breathing heavily. And like, <laughs> it was like, it would like be having all those joggers that we know and love. Yeah. Uh, like running right next to your ear, <laughs> but 3,000 of them running around you at once. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. And, you know, five days later we went into the country went into lockdown. Yeah. It's so, scary, isn't it? It's, it's it's like for our business, I mean, it's 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 a weird time because, you know, we are that, that industry where we need people together. We need those live audiences or you need dancers in a room. We need we need to all be physical. And it's 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 tough to know where we're going to go from here and how we're going to get out of it. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't bode brilliantly for our industry in the short term, mm. my wife is downstairs having Zoom meetings. She works for games, as in computer games, and everything is in silos. 
basically everyone makes the games or designs the games all on a computer. Basically, they just need enough um, bandwidth to be able to do that. Yeah. So she hasn't. She could not work more at the moment because it doesn't. It requires no social interaction. But for for you know, film, TV, and theatre in particular, like it is just yeah, pretty pretty terrible in terms of a prognosis. Uh, and I don't really know what the answers have been. Yeah. So it's been difficult because I'm self-employed as an actor, mm-hmm. but I don't. I, I. I. And I think a lot of actors or performers have slipped through the cracks um, in terms of like a government. Uh, response to them mm. yeah uh, you either got a business that just makes over whatever the, the fifty thousand is yeah and then you, you can't do anything or you're a sole trader and so the, all these things and i've basically fallen through the cracks yeah in that, in that me respect. too <laughs> right <laughs> me too. so so and i know a lot of performers up and down the spectrum of sort of, of earnings who have like what do we do yeah got nothing we don't get any and it's a hard one and, I, and it's arts is often the one that's like, ah, oh, you know, it's well, a great well, area. Got, yeah, it's and they've got you know more important things to do, like health and school and education, mm. all these sort of things. And you know, the arts are sort of left on their own to to boom and provide when they can. And when it's sort of bust, it's a bit like, well, you're the arts, you know. Yeah. It's sort of that's that's what you chose, guys. Yeah, you yeah. chose the industry. Oh, okay, well, it's a you know four and a half billion dollar industry to the UK or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you about, um, mm. but, and, and positive stuff, you know, not COVID oh, yeah. or, but, um, it's but, terrible. No, I know. <laughs> I, well, it's so difficult for us because we're, we're creatives. That's what we need mm. that outlet. And I, I feel like I'm like suppressed at the moment. And occasionally I get online and do like a little live song or something. Yeah. Cause I feel like I need to get it out. And it, I've never felt like that before. Cause I don't think we've ever, yeah, experienced anything like this there's always been opportunity or even if we're out of work for a little bit there's always something coming up and I mean you've done so many different things over the years you do literally theatre film you do plays you do tv you do you you teach you do so many different things I mean it it, is is it a choice or do you kind of is it what comes up is it what presents itself or do you find yourself navigating Oh, it's sort of a it's a, a bit of a mix between choice and um, and opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've spoken about this before. When I I I, I tend to leap from or jump from thing to things because I get you know as a creative, I <laughs> I tend to try and want to leap from things to things. I I don't want to stay around in one thing too long, so I want to try something else creatively. Mm. I often don't do, you know, a show for more than a year if I'm doing a musical. I'm like, oh, I, sort of, I want to try something else. Um, and it's all. it was also, it came from not wanting to be pigeonholed. Sort mm. of when I first came to the, this country, I was, you know, 20, 26 years ago, I was like, right, they know me as a tap dancing kid. <laughs> Oddly enough, I still am. But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't just want that. I was like, I wanted to try thing, other things. So I, as soon as I did too much of one thing, I was I deliberately left it behind and was like, right, now you're only going to be able to see me in a play until you accept that I'm sort of I can do theatre, and then I'll go and do a TV thing. Till you're like, damn it, right, he does TV as well. Okay, so I sort of did that, and it's good in some ways because people go, oh, you're you're very. Um, uh, 
flexible in terms of your employment possibilities, which I think people have to be. Um, but also then they're like, well, you know, what, what do you do? And a lot of times I think people, like in America, they have no idea I'm a dancer, for instance. So they're like, oh, really? You, you dance and sing? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Or, you know, in other places, you know, they, they might know that uh, I'm a theatre actor sort of thing. So, yeah. But it's, you know, I can't complain. I do get to do a lot of different things. That's quite a hard thing to do, though. I mean, I know a lot of, like, theatre actors want to do a bit of telly and they and they find it hard to even get seen and vice versa. And But, I mean, have you had to kind of... Has opportunity been kind of fortunate for you or have you had to kind of knock down the doors and wait for that certain job and wait for that play and you go, like, no, I'm going to be taken seriously as a, as a, as a play actor or has it just happened? Um, it's been... It's definitely luck um, at some points. <laughs> I think a bit of talent in there yeah. too. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, hopefully. But for instance, when I first wanted to do like a play, mm. um, I got the opportunity to do Tap Dogs in London. Yes. And I just, so I was like, oh, great. And this is like, this is like 96, like mm. when Tap Dogs first started coming. And I'd worked on it and all that sort of stuff. And I'd just finished Grease Musical Theatre. And and luckily I've, I've got an agent um who I've been with since I arrived, uh, Peter Brooks at, at CAM. Oh, he's great. We like Peter. He, yeah, he's amazing. And and he's always been really um, supportive of when I was like, I'm not going to be doing any dancing or musical theatre for the next eight months. <laughs> like literally I just want you to get me play auditions. Mm. And he's like, okay <laughs> and he was at first and the first play I got was like in the drum theatre of Plymouth hmm. which is the small theatre in Plymouth yeah. like 50 seats mm. for an unknown play called Birdie and I was the second choice for the part and the first guy dropped out wow and I was like I'll do it I'll take it I will go and do that and I mean the luck of that was it was a good play with some really great other actors and a fantastic director. And it eventually went to the Lyric Hammersmith. Um, and then it went to the West End. Like, what are the odds of a first mm. play in a tiny little theatre doing that? Like, it's it's astronomical. But it was that was the luck. Um, and so it's sort of, I guess, that strange lesson is that you, you sort of commit to what you think is right for yourself mm. and... Who knows what it'll bring you, but you've gone, right, I really, I'm going to try and do that. I want to choreograph a show. So I'm just going to do this start somewhere. I'm going to yeah. start choreographing that. And, oh, oh, it has led something because I I was focused on doing the work rather than the result of the possibility of something grand and fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think that's whenever I've decided to do something and just focus on the job at hand, it's it's led somewhere else because my focus has been on doing the job rather than getting getting the jazz hands and claps sort of thing, <laughs> which I still need, obviously. Obviously, standard. Yeah, um, so, where I, yeah. where does it come from? Where does your kind of love of dancing come from? Did you just do it when you were like tiny? Were your parents creative? Um, I, yeah, my my mum and my dad's Colombian, so he loves music and rhythm, and I listen to a lot of you know, 60s and 70s music when I was growing up. And my mother was um, 
in like the youth orchestra in Sydney and stuff like that. She really, but they weren't, I mean, they were a physio and a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I know that I went and did ballet with a friend of mine because he said he wanted to do it and I was his best friend. <laughs> and, but I just really felt, it felt, always felt natural to move to music. Yeah. Like it was almost, it was like a, an, an unstoppable impulse, which I still have. Like I'm annoying in that respect. <laughs> I love your tap. I love the, thing, the the big bits of like cardboard on the floor to tap to. I mean, that's just genius. I mean, if I, why I didn't do that when I was a kid, I just did it on the kitchen floor and wrecked my parents like floor. <laughs> oh, well, that's it. And my I heart, mean... <laughs> my whole house is carpeted. And I, there's actually a, there's a company called Dream, Dream Buds, um and Boards and they make tap specific boards with like, quite strong feet and it's thick and um and I've been working so for me it's it's fantastic it's like as you know a meter by a meter and a bit but yeah. it's enough so you can get a good sound and not totally destroy <laughs> your floors like my kitchen will just be a wreck <laughs> do your kids are your kids because you've got two now haven't you yeah little do, girl, two girls yeah two little girls um and how old are they Two and uh, approaching five. In That's August. it. I knew you were mm. similar to mine. I knew you, we yeah. were kind of like, because I think we were pregnant together at some point at a yeah. concert that we did. Um, do they Do they have any, do they see you tap and do they get on the board? I mean, do they have any kind of influence from um, you? They, um, yeah, they, they really, I mean, they're starting to get interested. When I'm on the board, they just want to make the noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and stamp around. And, and um, my eldest aria has and not the word aria with an i a-r-y-a but um she's been singing to herself since she was about i I, want to say like under six months would never shut up um but she's got quite really good pitching like she's (laughs) Uh naturally and like timing and so and she loves she loves performing and pretending like she is pretending nonstop, like this is a monster. Thing. I have a time. Like, and I'm like, it could be that yes, she could she could approach the performing Uh-oh. arts. Do they solidly. have they seen you in anything? I mean, do they see you on the telly, or do they come and see you in a, a show or anything? I guess they're a bit young. Yeah, no, I did a I did my first panto at Christmas. Ah, <laughs> um, because I thought. My eldest or my, you know, they would really love it. And she came and she hated seeing me on stage. <laughs> um, so did the critics. I mean, so she might just be a theatre critic. Um, that's, that's good. Uh, and uh, why, why, I, why did she hate it? Do you think it's, why did she it, like seeing you? She didn't like the idea of sharing me. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my theory is she like, Everyone else was like, oh, yay. And she was like, no, no, no. He does, he, he plays the clown and the idiot for me exclusively. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly there was this room and it was quite overwhelming. And, and yeah, she didn't, she just didn't like that I was up there being the, being the, one of the centers of attention. Maybe it was just the attention. She was like, no, it's me. It's got to be me. <laughs> <I've got> to be. <clears throat> and we'll compete. For the rest of our lives, the re- but, uh, <laughs> and I think that's a healthy thing for a, a child and a parent. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> well, mine are the same. I mean, I remember oh, yeah. when, when I did uh, 
Uh, I did Wonderland, and, and it's, it's a combination of Alice in Wonderland and looking uh, through the Looking Glass. And mm. at the end of Act One, they kept the, they came, and I thought, oh, they're going to love this. It's you know, it's fun. It's like it's like it's fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's fantasy. And yeah. I I I ran through the the big mirror at the end of Act One, a big puff of smoke, and you know, and Alfie, my eldest, just lost his mind and sobbed. I had to FaceTime him in the interval to go, I'm alive, I'm okay, oh. and he lost his mind. And it's just amazing what they what they think and their what's going through their little minds and but oh, I love it. I mean, how do you balance it all? I mean, because obviously you you travel all over the world. You you mm. go you perform in in different countries. You you know you have a young family now. Obviously, that's easier when you when you're on your own. You don't. You don't. No. Uh, how do you, do they come with you? Do you do you just go for periods of time? Is it a conscious thing that you're now trying to? navigate yeah definitely a conscious thing like when uh liberty was born and i just finished the exorcist um, cheery yeah the cheery one which my (laughs) wife couldn't come and see because she was pregnant she was like wait it's about child molestation uh yes by satan okay 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 i'll give that one a miss Um, yeah she gave that one a miss um but it was uh i realized I, i then got a job in australia doing like a, a, a like a, a talent competition type of thing called uh, Dance Boss. And it was just six weeks and it was horrendous to be, to be away. And it was really difficult, obviously, for my wife. Yeah. And with two kids, like it was just a nightmare. So I came back and that's sort of the reason why I started teaching again after so long. Uh, I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to work out something new. And so no, I made a I made a deliberate decision to try and create a one way of earning money mm. to something that I really enjoyed and hadn't done and I'd been thinking about for a really long time anyway. As a tap dancer, you have an obligation to teach, um, <clears throat> and something that would allow me to be at home at least sort of half the week. Mm. Um, so that would allow my wife to sort of start working a few days a week and I then, and so we could just balance that. And that was absolutely one of those things where we were like, okay, what could we, what can we create with this? Yeah. And luckily, once again, it was, you know, I, I tested the water with a few classes and it's sort of that took off. And so for almost a year, that's sort of what I did exclusively. I think, you know, I did um, uh, War of the Worlds. Yes, I was um, going to ask I, you about how did you get oh because I did it I don't know how many years yes, ago but how did you find because it's a different concept isn't it War of the Worlds it's it's kind of odd it's a bit of theatre it's a bit of you're in a stadium it's a bit of a musical it's it's a lot of things yeah and it's I mean it's it was something that I've known about obviously for well however how long it's been going on almost I think it's almost twenty years yeah did you must have played um, the artilleryman I played the artilleryman yes. Yeah. And so, and I'd and I'd known, um, I'd been asked to do it years and years and years before, but it was just we could never meet. And virtually every time they'd be like, "Do you want?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm in Australia for a year yeah. and all this stuff." And then finally, um, I I I made the commit. They asked me, and it was like a year in advance. And I was like, "I'm just doing it." Yeah, I, I don't, don't care. care. <laughs> I'm just, I just need. Please let me do it. That's yeah. it. Right. Um, and it was amazing. They're such a wonderful such company, aren't they? Oh, it was just the best. Um, and one of those things where, I mean, you're used to concerts and, you know, 
massive auditoriums and stadiums and that sort of thing. I'd never done anything really like that. So I remember playing the O2 and just, what? Yeah. This is huge. I was so, I was bricking it. But it was, uh, you know, that was part of the reason I also wanted to do it, just to experience. Yeah. it's Like it's, being a rock star for a it, it moment. Is, isn't it is, Because it's the closest exactly thing that. I probably will get. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, you didn't you have, I mean, I want to talk about Saturday Night Fever, obviously, because mm. I can't not. Um, but didn't you have a, have a single out with Fever? Didn't you kind of <laughs> do something as well, like hit the charts? I mean, it's like, here's another thing he does. This is amazing. And that was, and that was, <clears throat> but that was a byproduct. So that was like a single that it was a single that they produced to use as PR. Yeah, for the show. And which is why the the video, if you ever watch it on YouTube, is literally just it's us in the rehearsal room. Oh well, I'm gonna Google. That's it. When yeah. I get off here, I'm gonna Google. So it. <laughs> I mean, it's well edited and, and it had been organised, obviously, you know. But um, it was basically just you know, two weeks before we opened, they were like, right, we're gonna do a Sunday where come in we're going to do all the numbers now that we've learned and we can throw it together and then we're just going to put you in front of a mirror and you can just try on different shirts like literally that was the <laughs> that was the length of the sort of um the concept of it um and then of course they plugged it onto a few shows to try and get some uh i guess uh, interest and that sort of when it, it sort of took off it was you know it's a great song and i think top of the pops were like no we want to put this on our show and it started charting and I was like, oh, 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 I'm a, I'm a pop star. I'm a pop star now. I'm a, I'm a pop star um, for a moment. And I actually did get offered a like a contract from that. Wow. And I, I was actually talking to my wife the other day about it and I just, I remember it was like quite a, like a three or three album deal or something. Wow. And I remember I've never been a huge fan of pop music. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, produced pop music like that and I just I got the fear terribly so you didn't take it I didn't I ended up I ended up all like literally minutes away from signing it and I was like I can't (gasps) I don't want to do this We'll be right back with Adam in just a moment. But if you are enjoying the season, please subscribe and share and leave us a review. I love hearing your stories. It's great to know what you think, what you like about who I'm talking to and also who you might want to hear from in the future. Who do we want to hear on Keep Calm and Carry On? You can do all that on the Apple Podcast Store. So you were in in the show, though, at the time. So you were doing Fever. I mean, because Fever was massive. That was a big, big gear change for you. I mean, was that the first, like... Was that the first big theatre show that you you had done? I mean, I, I yeah, I know you you'd done a lot of shows before that, but that suddenly it's like people are coming to see you in a in a show. You know, it was a massive deal. You were everywhere. Yeah, and once again, I was um, luckily probably unaware that that's what was happening. Yeah. So I, I did Greece with Arlene Phillips um, and Robert Stigwood and David Ian. They were the producers. Paul Nicholas. Um, and I was duty, so it was a smaller part. You know, Shane Ritchie was a star, Sam Janis, Lisa Maxwell, mm, whole bunch of massive lineup, you know, really big stars. Um, and before then, I was you know in Hot Shoe Shuffle, and, and then this play at the drum. So it was small, and so I didn't really understand one the Palladium till I got in there. I was like, oh, this is very big. <laughs> this is or, nice. 
And, you know, even like having a dressing room by myself was a, a, an anomaly. I was I didn't really. Um, John Clark, who I don't know, he's a oh, good mate of mine. Oh, yeah. But, he did rock you with us. He was, he, yeah. yeah, he was just, he was over here. And I mean, they're back now, aren't they? They've moved back to Oz now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they're back there in Australia. And I mean, he basically just stayed in my dressing room. <laughs> because he was, I was like, it's really weird just having a. a, a On your like, own. Which is just, just be there yeah so he would come in and do all that sort of stuff but um and it was it was a big change and I never I never really to be honest I the show was fantastic and I never luckily put together that they were coming to see me yeah if they were I mean I people have said you know the, that's people came to swap me but um uh, yeah who knows uh, who knows if I would have become an even more egotistical <laughs> monster had I realised what was going on. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I mean that. It, yeah, I mean the show. I think it was every every theatre uh, student's dream to be. I mean, all the kids from from our show <clears throat> just were desperate to. But from our show, from my college, <clears throat> were just desperate to be in it because it was such a phenomenal dance show. You know, everybody just wanted to go and do it, and the music, and it was great. And that was a. And that was the thing. It was because it was such a big dance show. You know, there are those things like 42nd Street, which every tap dancer wants to do. Yeah. Cats, which every ballet-trained person wants to do. And you. (laughs) And and me. And even me. And I'm not even ballet trained. I was like, I can do it. I can do something. (laughs) Um, I'll play a bin lid. And, um, you know, so there are certain shows. Chorus Line. Dancers want to do Chorus Line. And and Saturday Night Fever became one of those things because of Arlene's Corey, yeah. like you know that you're going to be tested. And a lot of those dancers went and did Rock You because it was yeah. Arlene. And they're like, you're going to dance. That's it. And you're like, that's right. That's why we've trained all our life. We really want to dance. Yeah. And Wicked. Yes. You know, Wayne Salento's Cory is but beguilingly difficult. Yeah. Like you think, yeah, they're just sort of swirling around. And then the dancers are like, it's killing it's me. Full this of, is great. I, I, yeah. I mean, we have to talk about Wicked. I, was, I mean, mm. Wicked's obviously we did it together but you did the workshops didn't you weren't you involved like really early on yes yeah I was were they here or were they in America no they were in the states it was I think like the second or third take at the at the workshops Adina had already been sort of involved in it same with uh, Kristen Chenoweth um and uh and Joe Mantello and Wayne Salento and all of those guys were putting this show together and I just happened to be in New York. I don't know what I was doing, hanging out. (laughs) And my my agent Peter was like, "Uh, where are you? And I was like, New York. And he's like, ah, that's good news. They're doing a workshop like next week. It's like for a week. Um, Would you be interested? And I was like, sure. Yeah, yeah that sounds not? good. I'm, you know, yeah, Broadway, cool. And so I sort of rocked up, and and I, I mean, I had I, I'd, I'd heard of obviously I'd heard of Stephen Schwartz. I mean, I'm not a total <laughs> idiot. Um, but really, everyone else, I was sort of a bit like, oh, okay, you were in Rent. Oh, yeah, okay, that, yeah, I've seen that. It was really good. I really liked that. And we did this work week of workshops. Um, and I sort of really good became good mates with Stephen um, Aremus who's at that great. point. What who's lovely, genius. Because I spent a lot of time because it was mainly about the songs. Um, and then didn't really think of it. And then they called me back and they're like, "We'd really like you to 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 do it on in San Francisco." 
Mm-hmm. That was its first tryouts. And I just signed on to do a Disney film in Canada. <sighs> and uh, I said, I, I, I can finish and I can probably do the Chicago wing. And they're like, well, and yeah. quite rightly they said, look, if you, if you can't do San Francisco, the person who does that will get first dibs on Chicago and then obviously on the Broadway. Broadway, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, or well, whatever. It mightn't be a hit. <laughs> might not work <laughs> but then it's great um, that you then got to open it in london yeah no that, that, and that was joe mantello because he he'd sort of stuck by me to and he really and wayne salento really wanted it to be a dance role yeah which, it, it, which it, it, it really is really it it is but um well it was because, when you were doing it for sure definitely well yeah <laughs> but because ray bolger was the scarecrow who was a very famous dancer um and an, and if you've ever seen the cut dance solo he does to uh, if i only had a brain it's not in the fi- it's not in the film i need but to <laughs> it's an entirely edited out where he does this un you know roly poly totally unbelievable physical um like dance routine um and wayne salento wanted to have that all over the sort of fiero yeah obviously spoiler alert um <laughs> I think I think the world has seen Wicked now. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, so there, that was the idea. But, yeah, so luckily they, they let me come um, do it when it came to London. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I mean, and that's how we got to win. Yeah, yeah. oh, I loved it. I mean, it was it was great. It was such a – I mean, it was a whirlwind of madness, but it was a, it was a brilliant show. It's a, and It's a big show. Yeah. And you sort of – I mean, yeah, I mean, that's one of those shows that – I mean, even as Fiero, I always described myself as basically effectively the saliva vector between <laughs> Glinda and Elphaba. Oh, i got to kiss one and I'll kiss another. Do you have a cold? Because she's going to get the cold eventually immediately after. Um, it would be, no, be no good now, would it? I mean, yeah, it, no. it, it's so funny. It is that show, isn't it? Everyone's like, are you poorly? How are you feeling? Well, maybe we should kiss. We shouldn't kiss today. Or. Yeah, we should do. It's so funny. I'm wearing, wearing plastic lips. Oh, the joys, um, the funny things. But, but that, but for you, I mean, yeah, that was one of those shows where it hinges upon... You know, yeah. you being able to pick up that energy every night and go, yeah. all right, just got to got to run through some concrete walls oh. for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those. Sh- I mean, I spoke to Shoshana Bean um, earlier on oh, in yeah. the season, and, and we had a little, you know, Alphabet Help Club. I think a little bit of self help, <laughs> and and it's amazing how it, it it's so monstrous for 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 the girls, especially vocally and all of that stuff. It, it's, I mean, you know, you've been through it with. With me kind of crying and I can't sing this today. And it's tough, but, you know, it, but it's an amazing show and to work with them, brilliant people. And, and, and Joe was incredibly loyal to me by taking me back to Broadway. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's brought so many, so many things. It's, a, it's an awesome one. It's one of those shows that I think is, if you, if you get it and you can do it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the marathon, it's the, yeah. you know. It is. We should, you should get your Olympic medal. Getting a gold in Olympic game. Yeah. Thank you very much. You I'm too weak to medal. hold it. But, yeah. <laughs> you should definitely get a medal for doing it. Um, I can't not talk to you about Coyote Ugly. I can't. I mean, I remember watching that film and just, I, I, again, I think it's every kind of theatre kid's dream of a, of, a, of a film and getting on the bars and dancing and the love story and the songs. I mean... It, how did that come about and, and how was it? I mean, was it, did you know 
how massive that was going to be when you were filming it? Not at all. Um, I mean, although it was a Jerry Bruckheimer film and, you know, he made Top Gun and Days of Thunder and Bad Boys and you name it, he's made it. Yeah. Um, I think he is actually the biggest, most successful producer in Hollywood of all time. Um, this was, he did Flashdance, for yeah. instance. That was his as well. And this, he wanted to do another Flashdance. He wanted to sort of re have that and he does so many boys, cars, blow them up films. Yeah. And he's like, no, yeah, yeah. he's got, you know, I want to do something that, that, that everyone can enjoy, but it is, it is a chick flick, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, the guys can enjoy too. <laughs> guys can, look, hey, I, I, it was the, some extraordinarily beautiful, talented women in that film. Um, and, uh, yeah, I bet that was a tough job for you, that one. I bet that was a tough... Very, very, very <laughs> difficult. Although I have to say, um, Tyra Banks, who I... I mean, every, like all the girls are, are extraordinarily beautiful, but Tyra Banks was one of those people where you just... She doesn't look entirely real. Yeah. You just want to... And she's, that, she's tall, oh, too. She's, yeah, she's tall and she's really smart. Yeah. And 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 sharp as a whip and all that. And she used to play. I played her at chess like once. Absolutely flogged me. Wow. At, just at, destroyed me. And I was. Like, mm. and then Maria Bello beat me as well. I think everyone kind of beat me at chess. Um, <laughs> I was right down the bottom of the table in the chess. <laughs> you were a bit outnumbered, I think. <laughs> I was. I was simply not good at chess. Yeah. So that was that was one of those things where I think it, it didn't have a huge budget. I think it was like I want to say maybe topped out at like 35 million, possibly more, which is actually a small film. Mm. Even for the early 2000s, that's a small film when you're comparing it to like 100 million, 150 million dollar films. And it was a relatively unknown director who'd done a lot of, had a lot of success um, with the Budweiser advert for Budweiser. Yeah, like yeah. That was sort of what he did. And he did a huge number of like Super Bowl ads. Very clever guy. But no, no one really had any idea that it was going to be what it was. Uh, he had an amazing team. And it was, and I think, you know, not only is the story and the and and uh the women in the film, but it's that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Um and Under the he's always, the sky gonna, I mean I just remember, yeah. I loved it. I sang along to yeah. all of it. And it and it was a combination, like you had like in excess and all these different sort of bits of music from different eras. From uh, you know, pour some sugar on me to Blondie oh, you know, songs and all these things, and then you had all the songs for Leanne Rhymes to sing. And I think we, I don't think we were number one in the box office. Wow. Um, and then it, but I think it was the highest DVD sales like of the year yeah. when it came out on DVD, and then it started just being a hand-me-down film. Wow. Almost like Greece, like people, like I have little children who like, you know, 12, like it's 20 years old, the film. Yeah, yeah, still. And when you have like 12, 13-year-olds going, that's, you know, I watch it with my mum or yeah. I watch it with my cousin, you're like, oh, so people hand that film still, down. Still, yeah. Do you, think you that, do you think that changed things for you? Like suddenly this is a, this is a, this is a big film. I mean, did it kind of suddenly, you know, you get recognised on the street? I mean, you've done so much anyway, but suddenly being in a big film like that and things like got to dance yeah. probably did the, 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 did the same thing you know suddenly you're you're in our screens you know it's a different level isn't it 
it it is and you know I wouldn't have been known in America. I'd done some small, I did Bootman, a small Australian film and another really small Australian film. And they, they didn't really have any traction except in Australia. So it was there. Yeah, then you've got America going, oh, okay, you're, you're now a film actor. Or they didn't even know I was in music. They didn't, in Coyote Ugly, they had no idea I did musicals. Wow. So that dancing, the bar of dancing scene only came about because they saw me dancing with, in the choreography, like not even on on camera I was just like you know doing and they're like oh can you dance I was like uh yeah <laughs> just a bit <laughs> yeah that that's that's my thing and the casting director had seen me in Saturday Night Fever and it was one of the reasons she cast me yeah and she was like yeah no that's he can do that so that's that scene wasn't in the script wow wow it was a it was a selling scene where I'd have to do something but then they were like oh you could you could actually like dance this yeah I was yeah. Like, yeah so you know half a day of choreography, wow. walked in the next day and did it. And that was one of those moments where it's like everything sort of the director and Jerry Brookham were like, here's an opportunity, use it, put it in the film. And, and of course, that's now one of the scenes that people Oh, it's amazing. It's brilliant. Remember me from. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, because you've done some incredibly like high profile things, like, you know, got to dance and do you have those moments of, well let me talk about got to dance first and then i'll ask you that question um was it suddenly weird because you've come from such a dance background to suddenly be a judge and giving your opinion and and also be live doing that to be not just in an audition room or in a in a secluded or teaching suddenly you're because you're used to being on the other side was that must have been really strange it was horrifically odd and very scary in the outset because it was, I mean, they, they sort of, they'd got Ashley Banjo as a judge and he just won BGT. Yeah. And, and then Kimberly obviously being a fantastic dancer and Pussycat also massive. Yeah. And I was known as a dancer, I guess, a you know, West End dancer and a tap dancer. And I think I was there sort of like, um, uh, <laughs> him <laughs> oh no <laughs> um and, but and the the main producer of it i met when i first arrived in the country when i did hot shoe shuffle on a guest spot mm. on the big breakfast wow like that's how and she was like well there's this tap dancer and we need something different we've got and so i think that was the that thing but yeah we none of us knew what we were doing. Yeah. We'd never been on that side of the, the camera, and we sort of just learnt as we went along. And so, and and it, and it turned out to be an amazing show. But it turned out to be an amazing show because the producers were also willing to, uh, I guess, compromise. I think they had an idea that it would be this show where there would be lots of sob stories and you know us fighting and you know all that sort of meddling that they can get, which yeah. is very good for reality tv because you can then produce emotions inside a inside an audience mm. and you know design the whole show that quickly went out of control <laughs> control because the producers and the people behind the the making of it weren't dancers per se mm. and suddenly they had us as professional dancers which we all were and we were they would say oh this group's really good and we're like then they're, they're not yeah, yeah. Like they, they, they look quite good on paper, but they're nothing like that girl. Mm. 
who's just done that contemporary. And it became a show within real integrity about dancing. Yeah, it was, it's great. I mean, it, 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 I think that was what was so brilliant about it, you know, seeing seeing real people, real artists on giving their opinion to real talent. And it, it's, I loved it. I thought it was, it was really inspiring. And like you say, it didn't feel like it was so predictable. We're waiting for that story or we're waiting for that moment. You know, it just felt really honest. And you guys reacting. It was reacting. about the dancing. Yeah, you guys yeah. reacting was just so beautiful and like heartfelt and you've all been there so it, it was it was amazing yeah it, and I hadn't I hadn't been a dancer like a real dancer for a while until I went back to that show and I, I remember looking at even the first auditions and I was just like oh my god there's so much talent yeah there's so much talent in the UK and Ireland and so for me I love watching dancing I just got to sit and watch really good dancers for yeah. like five years Oh, it's <laughs> that's not, fantastic it's brilliant it did because you also did um dancing with the stars was that mm. a is that a very it's, it's quite a different show isn't it it's a very different entity it's, it's different and it's a lot more entertaining in terms of you know there's a it's it's celebrities mm. in, and the competition's a lot more light-hearted you do have to be it doing got to dance certainly it gave me the ability to speak on the spot talk about what i see uh, and i loved doing it and I got to learn about ballroom and I got to be a part of a show that I've you know, watched since I was little here, at least in England. Mm. But it was it was always, you know, it, it wasn't as serious because these 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 guys have got a regular job. They're 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 successful actors, whatever they are, sportsmen. Yeah. But this was these were mainly very young people who like work really hard yeah. at dancing and that's what they want to be. So yeah. it, was, it was a different thing. But, you know. Still loved it. What inspired me to do this podcast mainly was I wanted to talk about, um, you know, when you have like a massive job, when you do something that's huge, like a big musical or a big film or, you know, a moment that really takes takes you away for a period of time. And then after that, it, you have all that elation and that buzz and that adrenaline. And then, you know, you go home to a, a very different um uh, not lifestyle, but it's a very different moment in time. And that kind of contrast, I find, is quite difficult. I talk about it a lot with Brian. We talk about coming off a, like, you know, performing at the O2 or performing at the Albert Hall, and then suddenly you're at home having your breakfast and you're making the tea or, and you're suddenly with your kids. And it's such a different um, energy. And oh, some people deal yeah. with it brilliantly. Some people find it hard to adjust. You know, sometimes you take a couple of days. I just wondered if, it, if I mean, you do so many different things and you're always working. You're always super busy. Do you get that or do you, do you have you experienced it, especially after some of those massive jobs? You know, do, do you get it? Yeah, I, it's sort of, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm kind of the reverse. Not in, in that it's, it's, when the job's over, mm. it's easier to come home and go, okay, I actually find it really difficult in the rehearsal and preparation stage because that's where I'm most anxious. Like before opening nights, I'm a nightmare. <laughs> what, just I'm anxiety? Like Just huge anxiety. And, you know, all the work that you go to put into a musical or a play or a, a concert, and to try and that's when I find it the most difficult to balance my home life because 
my mind is elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I find that I'm not giving my kids the attention and I'm short or I'm I'm demanding my creative space, you know, and my wife's like, uh-huh, I guess I'll just peel these carrots then. You know, and and luckily, you know, I've got a, a, a wife who is understanding and supportive. Mm. Not to the point where she won't tell me off. <laughs> um, but it, it is as a that that's the time that I find the worst. I find it quite a relief when I when finish, it's finished. When it's finished, where I can be like, okay, okay, that now I mean, normally I, if it's a long run, I'll get sick. That's well, inevitable. Get I sick. think everybody does. Because it's such, you've been basically running mm. to try and keep yourself going. And then, of course, your body sort of collapses. But it's, and on a day-to-day level, it, I, I I prefer doing, getting into a longer run so I can be like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I can yeah. go in there and I can go and do my job and enjoy it and feel comfortable uh, and and confident. And I think it's a confidence thing. And now I can, and I can give that time. Yeah. It's a difficult one when you're you've got to do so much prep and work. Yeah, to yeah. Make sure you do the job right. It's it's yeah. It's a cra- it's crazy. I mean, it's not normal what we do. It, it, it's no. mad and it, it does create all kinds of emotions. What do you think's the been the the highlight, the best moment? I mean, there's probably been so many, but is there one that kind of stands out for any particular reason? I think the one, and I was actually did an interview this morning about it. Um, with Channel 7 in Australia, which was it's the 20-year anniversary of the Sydney Olympics opening ceremony. Wow. And I got to dance. I got to open a third or fourth segment by myself doing a tap dogs routine in an auditorium or in a a stadium with 80,000 people (gasps) and to an audience of 1.2 billion. Oh, my God. How did that feel? Uh, at, at the time, it was. I mean, I I had no. Luckily, I had no idea, because you rehearse in an empty stadium or an empty room, and you're like, yeah. I mean, I can't really. And then it's, it's full, <laughs> and it's dark, and it's loud, and it, people are going bananas, and and it was that moment. I think Dean Perry. I was saying it this morning. He was like, now just remember, mate. Don't worry. If you mess up, it's only one point three billion. And I was like, you, yeah, thanks. What? <laughs> Um, in Dean's inevitable, inimitable style, but he he was doing it obviously. He was like, "Don't mess up." <laughs> that pressure. Don't mess up. That pressure. And that pressure. But it was that. I think I was, I've spoken about this story before, where I you know drove out in this earth mover truck, about a forty ton truck, and I was strapped onto this platform about this wide that was going to be stuck up on a through a pole through a hole in this truck to be hovering about 20 feet above it. Oh, my God. Into the centre of the stadium. And and I remember cause I had to go up and start and I was like, oh, this is really scary. <laughs> this is big. This is big. But I did go, you have permission to show off as much as you can, as shamelessly as you mm-hmm. want, right now if there's any time to give you and i was like and I, I remember saying it to myself as i was in the truck you you have permission to you need to show off and that was that thing and i just sort of went for it. and it was a real lesson for me it's like no i mean that's what i am a show off 
I'm an enormous show off. I always, <laughs> I've been accused of it since I was a kid. And that is literally my job is to show the hell off. And I've always been in a bit sort of like, oh, no, I don't want to do that in a way. But that was the time where I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, this mm, is mm, it. Mm. <gasps> How show amazing. Off right now. Another, oh, love how yourself amazing. right that's, now. That is, I need to, that's made me go, that's made me get goosebumpy. I mean, that's just, that's made my adrenaline go. I mean, that's why we do it though, you know, that's why we, that's why we, we do, do it. We love, we love showing off and we love making people feel something and people <laughs> happy and it's, it's amazing. Has there been any moments that have yeah. been really tough, uh, you know, where you maybe question you don't want to do it anymore or it's been just, you you know, a job's kind of broken you a little bit or has there been any dark moments? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think the, I mean, there's been lots of those, <laughs> of course. But, um, but I think um, Singing in the Rain in Australia, uh, which I did in 2016, so I was already in my 40s um and i i'd just come off doing a shakespeare play i I wasn't fit enough i didn't really get enough like training i think i i didn't feel like or i i could have done it myself but i had no real idea of what that job entailed and it was a huge dance role and a huge thing and i Mm. i got to australia already had a young baby my wife was there we were in a sort of a weird apartment and it everything sort of conspired including myself to and I don't I mean I just I I would say I was terrible like terrible in this job um and so yeah everything was one of those moments where I was just like I am I and it really knocked my confidence like I was like I can't sing Mm. I can't even dance anymore and and all these things sort of it, it it probably wasn't true, but it, it felt mm. like it. it I, I just couldn't couldn't catch up. I was exhausted. My voice kept on going. My just everything. I just was at that one of those breaking points yeah. where I was like, and and I was about eight weeks into it, and there'd been problems with the produ- between the producers and I in terms of like just coming to an understanding. They were disappointed, and they had a lot riding on it. And I was, and we we're trying to figure things out. And uh, felt like it was turning a corner, but I was still exhausted. And I, I kind of had a feeling I was like, I need to get out of this. Like, how, how can I get out of this? And, and about four days later, my calf muscle snapped. Ooh. A 10 centimeter tear, oh. like on stage. Uh, because my body was so tired and stressed that it just went bang. Oh. It sounded like a baseball bat hitting the floor. <gasps> and I was like, oh, no, my foot doesn't work. Wow. And I was with Gretel Scarlett, who was my co-star, and she was about to come into a a, a hold, oh. a lift, and she ran towards me, and, and she heard it and stopped, and I just went, <laughs> "No, wow!" And that was it. Was like a twelve-week injury, oh. and that was sort of that. In a way, though, I think it was the universe and my body going, "You need to stop. You, you can't do this one. This is out of your. This is out of your reach." Yeah. And I, of course, I still like, I, I, I can train harder and I want to go back and prove <laughs> it that I can do it sort of thing. But It's what we do, you know. isn't it? It's what we do. Yeah. It's, it's... You know, but, and that, but it's always like, it is what we do. We constantly want to challenge mm, ourselves. Yeah. You want to take it to be like, okay, so what, what I can do anything. Yeah. I will take the next hardest thing. I'm going to do that. Yeah. 
And then, and this one was one of them, I was like, you can't do that. And I was like, right. (laughs) Not right now. So just before we go, I have to ask Adam one final question that I like to ask all my guests. If you could look back at your 20-year-old self and give them one piece of advice that either you've been given or you would give, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? That's uh, that's a good question. Um, my advice to my younger self, um, I think it would be tr- trust your trust your talent and trust your instincts. Um, but at the same time, it would always be. I think I've not pushed myself hard enough sometimes, and I, it would be you know really really just just prepare yourself. It's like, well, I believe it was the Cubs who said it. It is being prepared. Like, just make sure you are ready, ready to go. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, Adam, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing oh, your time. So nice to see you. And, you know, oh, I know all. it's crazy. Got me out of, got me away from my kids. So <laughs> that's why I so do much. it. That's why I've set up a series. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. do not, do not come in. You are not allowed for an hour. That's it. No, I really appreciate it. It's lovely to see you. And, it's lovely uh, to see you, too. you know, I hope we, we cross paths again when we get out of this mess. And uh, it'd be great to be on stage with you again. And yeah, thank you so much. Let's do it. Mwah. Well, that's it for another week. I want to thank Adam again for coming on the show. Wow, he's just a joy. And I mean, who doesn't love Coyote Ugly? And what a joy of a person he is. It's been so lovely to have him on the show. So thank you, Adam. And thank you to lovely Martin, our producer at Peroxide Media. Thank you so much for doing such a wonderful job. And also to you, the listeners. I wouldn't be here without you. And I really appreciate you tuning in. So keep checking in on who's coming up next week. Again, it's a cracker of a story. I can't wait to share it with you. Have a wonderful week, guys, and I will see you soon.